peace of our Lord be with you. While the temple of Jerusalem was built on a high and holy hill, the floor is level where the Pharisee and tax collector stand to pray to God. Jesus presents a kind of democracy in our parable today, a levelness that attends the prayers we bring to God, a sacred space for saint and sinner, Pharisee and tax collector alike, to stand before God and be heard. In the world beyond these walls, there are mountains and valleys, ladders to climb up and ditches to fall down. Thrones to reign over, and shadows to hide under. But when we walk into this sanctuary, we pray on a level floor. But like most democracies, the democracy of prayer can make us uncomfortable. Especially when we don't approve of the people we're praying beside. I see why Jesus would take some time in his teaching on prayer to express the equitable order of our lives before God. Like our Pharisee, it's too easy for people like me who work hard to build lives of righteousness to think we've really raised a high bench upon which we can sit and judge others. He prays, thank you, God, that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. We Pharisees may try to build a tower of religious justification, but Jesus reminds us of that gospel paradox that the path upward to God has a downward slope. And there is no priestly pulpit, political platform, or moral mantle with which we can raise ourselves up above our neighbors when we come before God. The floor is level where we come to pray. But that's not news to Northminster. Such truth is laid in the floors of our sanctuary, kept in the silences of our worship, and open to all in the heavy doors of our welcome. The first time I walked into the sanctuary, six years ago, Doug Boone opened those doors for me. Looking in from the narthex, he explained the theological foundation for the structural formation of the sanctuary while pointing out the many ways in, this, in which this, this cruciform sanctuary expresses Northminster's pursuit of a cruciform life. He also pointed to the floor and as his finger trailed the aisle from the narthex to the chancel 
He said that the back of the sanctuary is intentionally level with the chancel. You see, while the floor has this slight downward slope, those standing far off in the back are level with those sitting up high up front, built to embody the theological conviction that the floor is level where we come to pray. Sure, we lift the word of God, we raise our voices in praise, and we hold high the cup of salvation, but we worship God on a level floor. The democracy of prayer is is built into the bones of this sanctuary. And every Sunday, when we gather to worship here, we honor the democracy of prayer in our worship. When we keep silence. This may sound weird, but what is more democratic than silence? In a world where words travel faster and farther than anything and are so often flippantly flung or violently voiced, What is more democratic and prayerful than keeping silence together? Sure, it's good that we all hold high the cup. Or that we all honor the contrary voice in our democratic unity. But to keep silence together? Silence has a most democratic reign, does it not? Which we must all respect or else... Silence is lost. When we keep silence, each of us has a hand on this holy moment together. This fragile fragment of a holy hour, keeping it, holding it, in a world where words and noise are always ready to rush in and take it from us. We respect one another's words, affirm one another's faith, and echo one another's prayers when we keep silence on one another's behalf. We don't just stay silent at Northminster. We keep it. And in one of those intentional silences here at Northminster, we open that space for confession. We open that space for the tax collector in all of us as we go before God and ask for mercy individually, together. I love to sing and I love to preach, especially when I have my voice, and I love to take communion. But there is nothing we do together as a congregation more vulnerable and intimate than keeping the silence for confession together. In that moment, we are silent together, but we are also vulnerable together and repentant together, opening our eyes to the sin of our lives as we open our souls to the mercy of God. We honor the democracy of prayer in the shared silence of confession. And in light of the democracy of prayer, 
this conviction that Northminster built into the sanctuary and that we keep in our silences, it's with this same democratic conviction that we open wide the doors of our welcome. While only one of this parable's two characters went home justified, they were both given a place to stand and be heard by God. Despite the loudness of our world, keeping doors open can be just as hard as keeping silence. The Pharisee's response, the way he contemptuously includes the tax collector in his prayer, proves that feeling contempt for others is nothing new. Humans have always searched for heights from which we can look down upon others. And yet, it seems that in places like Facebook, Twitter, and the 24-hour news cycle, we are given far more opportunities to cultivate contempt for others, surrounding us with merciless stereotypes, turning real and complex human persons and situations into reactionary headlines meant to grab us and incite us. When in history have human hearts been so overwhelmed with contempt for people we've never known, never touched, never stood with, or prayed beside? It seems we know just enough We know just enough about way too many people so that we can have contempt for them. And yet we don't know enough to have compassion for them. Nasty or deplorable, contempt is contagious which can make us want to shut our doors to those we don't want to find praying beside us, those whom we don't feel are worthy of standing shoulder to shoulder with us before God. But that's not Northminster. And it isn't new. When this church was founded almost 50 years ago, It was founded with the explicit intent of opening its doors to everyone in an historical moment when other churches intentionally shut them out. And in the middle of that wide open welcome is this conviction that we all need a place to stand before God. A level floor from which to voice our prayers. And a common silence in which to confess our sin. The democracy of prayer at Northminster starts down there on the floor. Moves up through our worship and out through our doors. Inviting all who are in need of a savior to come on in and worship. Sit and pray before God, surrounded by a community of sinners, 
all in the process of being redeemed. Our duty as faithful porters of Northminster's wide open welcome should not be taken lightly. For one reason, outdoors are really heavy. Like the edifice was constructed with not, we don't, we don't have those screen doors that flap open with a breeze slapping against the siding. You've got to want those doors to be open. And some of you may not be aware of this, or at least, at least some of you probably weren't aware of it until you found yourself trapped in the narthex one morning when you lingered a little too long. Um, but our big old doors have magnets on them. Really strong magnets set on timers. More times than I'm proud of, I have to admit, I, I, I've run my face right into one of our big old doors. Because I didn't time it right with that little green button. That little green button of deliverance. <laughs> it takes, takes two hands to open our doors. Now, the heavy wood and strong magnets may imply a kind of stubbornness which no one would ever accuse a church of having. But there's something good and true about the heavy doors of Northminster. you got to want to open them. It does not happen haphazardly. Like the floors of our sanctuary and the silences of our worship, we open the heavy doors of our welcome with intent. And it takes real effort, does it not, to keep the doors of our welcome wide open. But just like that pathway to our Lord's table, we take the time and we make the effort to open them wide. Because the democracy of prayer, the holiness of our worship, the wide welcome of our impartial God that we built into these bones and keep in our silences is honored when we take the time and make the effort to open wide the doors of our welcome, those heavy doors of Northminster. Most of you have heard by now that December 11th will be my last Sunday as associate pastor for students at Northminster Baptist Church. After which, my family and I will move to North Carolina to follow my calling as senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Gastonia. As someone who first walked through those doors six years ago and will go from this place to another place in a couple of months, I want to bear witness before God and all of you to the wide welcome with which I have been received. Me, Chase, Wake, and Beckon, into your doors and into your life together. As a disciple, I have been challenged by the gospel of Jesus Christ here at Northminster and carried by this congregation throughout my life here. 
As your student pastor, I have been given the freedom to lead with my conscience and the support to do it well. It's been a gift to my life and my ministry to worship with you, serve beside you, and learn from you. Your youth are my youth. And that is a point of pride for me, which grows ever tender as I anticipate our move. And as a dad of two of your members, I have not only known the joy of of handing my boys off to the church as Chuck walks them up and down these aisles. I've, I've also known the grace of handing my boys off to Annette Hitt, or Malie Williams, Valerie Lynn, and many others in this house and at the Fuller House when literally or figuratively my arms were too full and I needed help. You see, we are not only stewards of floors, silences, and doors on behalf of others as this selfless act of gospel conscience, but like our love for God, the love and welcome we give to others is inextricably linked to the love we receive ourselves. We not only keep these doors open wide for others, We keep them open wide so that no matter where we go or what we do, we can always get back in. The floor is level where we come to pray. The silence is shared when we confess our sin. And the doors of Christ's church are open wide, ever inviting us into the presence of God and the grace of Christ Jesus, our Savior. So thank you, Northminster, for letting me in. And thanks be to God. Amen. We now come to the time of response. A moment when we are invited to make decisions for our Lord and our Lord's church.
Now go. But as you go, live with the knowledge that the God of all creation hears you. Walk with the confidence that the Son of God has forgiven you. And open wide the doors of your heart to others. Knowing that the Spirit of God opens wide the doors of salvation for us. Ever ready to welcome us in. Amen.